Welcome back to Pardon the Confusion. This is Paul Arnold, your host for tonight. But I have two gentlemen with me tonight, and I use that word very carefully because I think they're going to be gentlemen tonight. I have Maybe. Nate Moyer and Ernest Watts, who are both very capable of hosting this fine podcast that we know as Pardon the Confusion. We've been around for a while, and I'm on drugs, so I'm feeling very good right now. That could all crash suddenly. But my buddy Ernest says... Advil and Tylenol are not drugs. Ernest, do you want to clarify that statement? Anything I can go in a dime store and buy well, dime store. That shows my dime age. store. Dime I store. You're talking pot now? Prescription store. I know. But well, I back up, back up a little bit. You said welcome back. That eliminates new listeners. There, there's some people listening to us for the first time. You should welcome the new listeners. I mean, not, you know, don't take for granted the old listeners or old people like me. But, you know, welcome to new listeners but to us also. We want to let our news listeners think for a while that we have thousands and thousands of listeners and that we're just so popular that just a few more doesn't matter to us. But I get your point, Ernest. Welcome to our new listeners. And if you're friends of Ernest's grandsons, we appreciate it. So, Nate Moyer, you are in Connecticut beardless. You have grown a beard for COVID and something motivated you to shave your beard what was it well we're we're kind of doing all right here in connecticut um i think we're like one the lowest or one of the lowest states and my wife started going back to work not every day she goes like three days a week but still that's we opened up our phase two i've been able to go out and go golfing so it's kind of like yeah i guess our kind of covid the covid beard is gone covid beard's gone i had to take a couple pictures uh, to go but tell me the truth. Um, Some girl winked at you when you had that beard, and Elizabeth saw it, and that's it. That's what happened. <laughs> no, actually, most of the family uh, liked the beard. The only one in in the in the house that didn't like it was Elizabeth. So, got to go with what the wife says, right? I think that's usually good policy. And talk about policy. If I can find that as a transition here. We have been all anxiously watching sports, trying to make a comeback. And this is a sports slash culture slash entertainment podcast for our new listeners. And the MLS has been trying to get started. And they're a little bit of ahead of the other major sports. And I'm using that term loosely if you're talking about MLS. I don't think they're quite a major sport yet. But Ernest, what problems are they having? Is this a forecasting of what the major sports will encounter as well that's that's what i'm afraid of because they, they've tried the bubble thing they're in disney wide world of sports same as the nba and they're playing on the three fields which used to be the uh the summer camp for the the tampa bay uh, buccaneers at one time and because they've had so many positive tests that's thrown everything off they're doing a tournament similar to world cup in which they have uh four different five different divisions and you know whoever finishes the top they'll play and determine a back to the mls champion but they've had three teams that have had to withdraw already they've had two games that have been postponed because of the positive signs and what worries me is their schedule is really loose it's six weeks but when you look at what the nba is attempting to do with their playing format which is for two weeks when you look at what's being done you know what the nhl's going to do in toronto and edmonton in a very tight schedule 
if you have teams that have positive signs and they have to set out a game, that's going to throw everything off. And that's not even talking about what we'll see in basketball and, and I mean, in college basketball and college football when we get started there. So how do they handle it if a whole team drops out? I'm like, how many players have to be sick with COVID for them to drop a team? It's been various amounts. I mean, Nashville had nine guys. Uh, one of the other teams only had two. And it, it's coaching personnel. And it's again, they came in, were all tested about a week before this tournament started. And they've been able to postpone games. That that you know, their schedule is open enough. But the NBA is starting on the 30th, baseball starting on the 23rd, and those are tight, tight schedules. I think baseball is playing 60 games in 66 days. It's it's a similar thing, and that's you know it's not even including what happens with rainouts. You're gonna play double headers. You're gonna play triple headers. I mean, the MLS tried to do this with a very open, loose schedule with a lot of time. The others are trying to jam games in there. And I'm, gentlemen, I got to tell you, I'm more and more of a line that we're not going to see them complete their schedules. You think they'll all crash, huh? I don't know if they'll all crash. I don't think they'll, I don't think baseball plays 60. I don't think, look at the Nets. The Nets have had five guys opt out. They've signed guys off the street. The Lakers, their two point guards are gone. Avery Bradley has decided to set this out. Rondo's got a broken hand. He's out for six weeks. I just wonder if they shouldn't have all just gone straight to the playoffs, NHL and, and the MLS, and uh, and then hockey. I mean, and basketball. I just don't know if these schedules are going to be able to be able to pull off what they want to do. I'm every day goes by. I'm I'm getting less and less confident we're going to see sports finish out their seasons. Wow. I need to send a counselor down to help you, Ernest, because for all the <laughs> sports tank, boy, Ernest, we're going to have to give you a lot of therapy free. Nate, what do you think? Do you think NHL has the best chance of not uh, having a problem when finishing this year up? I mean, it's hard because you're talking about the MLS and those guys are outdoors playing. NHL is going to be indoors. NBA is going to be indoors. Um, and we were kind of learning like, I, I mean, I don't know, this is the news I've been getting, but um, obviously being indoors with the circulating air, that's where a lot of um, positive cases are coming from because it kind of floats around inside. So that's going to make it tough in, in the arenas. Um, I do like that the NHL is going basically right into the playoff format. I mean, I'm, I'm so excited. I think they're playing, what, six games a day. Um, it's just, I mean, I'm excited. I call it March Madness on Ice because it's just going to be like one game after another after another. Yes. Um, I'm I'm excited for that. I really hope it works, but you know, we're not seeing great things from the MLS yet, and obviously, you're going to see it on a bigger scale, and you're going to see more guys on TV. We've seen NBA guys escape the bubble to get food or whatever um, already, and that's that's just the way it is. I don't know if these guys are going to want to be stuck in the bubble. They're going to want to escape somehow whether it's sneaking out one night, you know, just to get away from it all or something like that. And then they're going to come back. And if they've got it, then they're going to give it to their teammates. And then right. you're going to see a team out. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think it'd be kind of funny as long as they all health, you know, recover from it. But it'd be great if like the Lakers got it and then they had to be eliminated from the playoff. Right. Now you're talking about the West is wide open um, for teams. I mean, it's, it's just crazy because it's, it's not necessarily going to be the best team that's going to win a championship. It's, it might just, 
come down to who's the healthiest team, right? Right. I like agree. you may, I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, how do you, how do you plan for that? One of your stars gets sick, um, gives it to other players on the team, that whole team's out for, you know, the NBA playoffs. Let's just say, you know, it's round two, right? The Lakers are in the round two and, um, Davis and James get it right. Like what are you gonna do? Your, your, your team's kind of done. So what is the most point. random thing, either one of you guys, that you've heard to prevent COVID? Because a friend of mine sent me this video of a doctor out in Texas that says, hey, all you need to do is take this inhaler and it will prevent COVID. I give it to all my... And I'm thinking, how many pro sports teams, doctors, are going to try all these different things, like get Charlie Sheen's tiger blood out? I mean, anything possible to prevent this from happening. Ernest, what do you think they'll do to try to prevent COVID for... Their players. I mean, they're going to give them supplements and give them the air chamber. Or and Nate, do you even remember the Bubble Boy episodes on Seinfeld? Seinfeld, Moops, or oh, the movie? No, it was the Moors? Yeah, Gyllenhaal. Moops. The movie with John Travolta. With no, well, the the Gyllenhaal did it, and Travolta did it in the uh, back in the seventies. But Gyllenhaal did a Bubble Boy movie when he was start, starting out as a comedian. Was it a good movie? I haven't seen it. I've heard of it. (laughs) But now, getting back, you know, one of the things I've heard against the arguments about college football is the idea that if you entrust teams to determine who's positive and who's negative, that the accusations will fly that a college team may play a kid who tests positive if they think that individual is integral to them being competitive or winning. And leaving this up, it should be up to an overall institution, which is the, the NHL, the NBA, and all those. You can do that pretty easily. You know, someone that, that outside of team management determines is eligible. College football does not have that. You don't have an overall structure. So eligibility and who is... Uh, NCAA? I mean... No, there is no football czar. The teams, the really? colleges belong to... The NCAA. Fauci's looking for a job. He could be the yeah the the football czar. Yeah, Uh, I mean you have no one overall look basketball or football for that matter because that's why you have the the Big Five and the other conferences. And I kind of wonder if we're not going to see. I mean, college football every day it seems like it's falling further further apart. I don't want to get off another subject, but I'm kind of wondering is we're seeing the minor sports going away. If we're going to see Division Two, Division Three, and junior college football go away, and all you're going to have is the five super conferences and Notre Dame, who I assume is going to be part of the ACC, but I, they're going to have to be because they're they just lost Pac-12. Um, they lost what the Big Ten, so yeah, yeah. They're, they're going to have to do ACC just to get their lump of games. I don't know if they're going to do Navy or if that's too risky um, for the cadets. I mean, I I'm not sure who they're going to have, but. The plan of the ACC, Nate, as I've has been explained to me by someone fairly close, is you would have five games a home and away. So you only play five teams fairly close to you. So like, for instance, for example, Carolina would probably play Duke State, uh, Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, and Virginia. Home and away. That way the travel would be reduced and it would reduce the uh, – potential for exposure so you'd so, you'd play you'd play the same five teams mm-hmm. twice yeah home and away Once so, home, so away, Notre Dame it. would play Syracuse Pitt Virginia Tech 
maybe Boston College, uh, teams of that order. You know, That's that fine. Would, as long as it's not Clemson, I'm, I think I'm fine. Yeah, Clemson, Clemson, Georgia Tech, Florida State, Miami, that would be that group. So you almost have like subgroups the next day. And with the Big Ten, what I hear there is, and Paul, you're closer to that, is they want to get the important conference games out of the way first in September. So you would have Michigan and Ohio State playing September 12th or, you know, September 8th, uh, 18th or 19th. And they want to get those games out of the way. So if they can't finish the season, mm-hmm. they could determine the division winner. Well, Nate will appreciate this. My wife is a big football fan, and she said, hey, do you think Michigan will play Notre Dame this year because they had to cancel these out of conference? And I had to explain to her the recent episodes or what's happened between that rivalry. But I would say, is there is the idea that they postpone the season till spring totally dead now? I mean, the Ivy League, of course, they're not the leaders of everything except for the school, the, the academics, but they've canceled the whole season. I mean, at what point does the whole NCAA, I know they're not organized and they have their own conferences, say, we just can't do it. Now, Jim Harbaugh has gone on record says, we just got to live with this thing. We're going to have it for a long time, and we're prepared to test pretty often. And then Nick Saban's saying to certain schools, you can't cancel on us. You know, we're Alabama. So, Nate, do you think there's any chance that we get to a point where they finally say, we just can't do this? Yeah, I mean, obviously I don't have a crystal ball. Um, I'm trying to be optimistic, but I could see us getting five weeks into college football and them just having to ax it, right, or suspend it until spring, right? So then they play the rest of this, you know, they they play five games, they got to play another five, but they're not going to play them until the spring, right? Kind of like you're, it's almost like a, a... like you were saying about moving it to the spring, right? So you play a little bit and then it's like, you know, guys, it's getting too cold. We can't risk it with the cold weather, with the snow, with whatever. Um, let's suspend it to then. I think that's kind of a better scenario. But then you throw off all the bowl games. All the bowl games are going to be played, you know, almost, you know, beginning of the summer. Then it messes up recruiting. Um, it's just going to mess up really the timeline with that. But, I, you know, I'm trying to be optimistic. I think they can get at least five games in and then, you know, something's going to happen. There's somebody's going to get sick. It's, it's going to happen. 130,000 athletes, football teams. I mean, I, it's going to happen, but you know, I'm trying to just be optimistic. And I know they've talked about the NFL's talked about putting these like mouth guards on the helmets that are supposed to be like almost kind of like masks. I don't know if you guys have seen that yet. It's yeah. Like a little clear, almost like a clear shield, almost like the visor on top. And then the shield, like a hockey goalie. Almost kind like, of. Yeah. Like yeah. when they would play in college when they have the full face, um, so I, I, but I don't know if they could even get that to colleges. I mean, that might be too much money for some colleges to even afford to do, but if the NCA mandated it on all the college football sure. helmets, that could help. But I, I mean, we don't know how well it's going to work. So that's the leadership problem. You don't have an overall, I mean, conferences will have to decide that individually. And it's, you know, too bad we can't find a fight Island like you have, you know, in Abu Dhabi, somewhere like that, and just let them play there. But I, I, you know, every week and I listen, I love football and I miss it. And the idea that we're not going to have any football in August because we're not kind of seems like a precursor that we're not going to have in September. I mean, I'm, I'm right now. I, I you know, because we don't know, because a month ago we thought we would be 
first wave surviving and we're in a second wave. This is mutating. We just don't know what the future holds. I don't know how you can plan anything, even a wedding, Paul, more than two weeks in the future right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and certainly sports falls in that same category. It's, yeah, it's it's definitely weird. I mean, I the, the selfish person in me wants really wants to watch sports just because I love watching sports. But then you have to kind of think about, okay, but, you know, I, I got to realize that, you know, these are athletes that, Unpaid athletes, right? And it's like I'm putting their health at risk because I want to watch football. Like that's not, yeah. I I I can't do that. I have to like step back and be like, okay, like I'd rather I'd rather us all try to get healthy and suck it up for a year and not have sports than you know risk some of these because it's like you know if that was my kid I'd be nervous, right? I mean, it's it's tough. I think one of the things is like high school football. I mean that's. That's that's tough too because you have guys. I mean, obviously this is this is a podcast. You can't see me, but I, you know I'm not a big guy. I'm you know I'm five ten, um, hundred and fifty pounds soaking wet or whatever Ding. in high school, and and I loved I loved playing football in high school, right? But I was never going to play at the next level, right? So if you have guys that you know I, I got to play on varsity, I loved it. I just loved it. I miss practice. I just loved playing. But you know if that was if I was going into my senior year, I you know I was going to make varsity. I'd be devastated, right? Because I'm never going to play football again outside of mm. organized football, I guess I should say. So, you know, you feel for some of those guys. So and... here's the rub that we don't want to have this conversation in politics or in sports. If you look at statistics, and even if you say younger people survive COVID better than older people. So if you say, just say 1% of every college athlete who gets COVID will die. 1%. And you have a hundred thousand college football players. Are you ready for a thousand kids to die? No, you know, I, I, I right. would want one. I would want one. So the right. point is, and one, then, the the price is even one kid is a price too high to me. And the president, whether you vote for him or not, he does not want to talk about how many deaths are acceptable across our country. He will say, "Oh, I've saved millions of deaths," and that's possible by the some of the things we've done to prevent it, but we still have over 100,000 deaths across the country. And you can argue, oh, well, some of it could have been the flu and some of it could have been this. Hey, if it's your family member, if your your cousin, your son, who dies because he played football this fall, what are you going to think about this? That's the only son you have. I have. I get it. You can't live in a bubble. You can't live with no risk because that's not a quality of life anybody wants. But the problem these leaders have that nobody wants to face is that point that we do this, and even with the best statistics, somebody could possibly die for playing a sport they're not even earning money for or not trying to provide for their family. And for what reason? For us to be entertained? So that's the part where I'm thinking if they can reduce that percentage even more, I would feel better about it. If I could see a better solution to treatment, I would feel better about it. But for me, I think they just need to just wake up and say, we just can't do it this fall. Until we get a vaccine or a treatment that's 90% effective, what are we doing here? Are we really? Yeah, I mean, we got to remember the mechanics here. Professional athletes have the ability financially to opt out. Uh, College athletes, their scholarships are on a yearly basis. So if, if we get to playing, college players would have to make a choice 
of either I play and risk my health or I lose my scholarship. Now, I think I thought I heard somewhere, Ernest, that their NCAA is going to let colleges um, keep those. So if athletes want to opt out for whatever reason, they still have to honor their scholarship. If colleges choose to. It so it's a college back, thing or is it a college? Yeah, the NCAA has no ability to legislate that because that is money paid for by the school itself. So that is a school-by-school school decision. They can give a waiver to do that. Like in, I'll give you an example. CIAA and the Patriot League have both opted for spring football seasons. And they have collectively as a conference, both of them, if kids choose to not play uh, football in the spring, they are compelled to honor the scholarships. So it's, it's a school decision in that respect. Again, we're talking about guys are not getting paid. And you can say, well, they're getting paid with a scholarship, blah, 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 blah. Uh, that's, that's again, it, it's easy for us to sit and go, man, I really wish I could watch live football. But we can watch live football in the spring. We can watch live football next year. And I think one thing we have to talk about, too, is this is from the schools, this is professionals, is the amount of money mm. that these sports bring oh, yeah. into the colleges. I think that's one of the factors, too. I think if if the money, if you took the money factor out of it, I think they probably would have said, hey, let's just push it all the oh, yeah. spring. But I think there's so much revenue that football brings into these universities that basically covers the cost of a majority of the other sports, right? right like right. like the smaller, yeah. like a cross country, you're not going to have 40,000 people coming to a cross country meet. Those guys are athletes. Those guys work just as hard, right? Different, different level, but it's not, it's not going to bring in a ton of fans, right? But it doesn't mean that they're not any more or less of an athlete. It's just and, they have different talents, but you need that football revenue to kind of pay for the travel of some of these smaller sports and I wonder how much that is a factor with some of these schools saying, we got we got to try to get this out because we got to try to get that TV revenue. We got to try to get because obviously you're not going to have the fans in the stands, but you, they got to get that TV revenue. So I think you know that's I think if you were to take that out of the equation, I think you'd have a different. You're, you're different already seeing parent. that, Nate. You're already seeing sports being cut already, and you know the Bowling Green situation with the baseball team, which they were able to raise funds, but you're already seeing schools cut. And that's even before football. Even Stanford, the big yeah. university Stanford is doing it. And it's not just the love of money. It's not just greed. People's jobs are going to get eliminated. And I right. work in healthcare, and we're getting huge cutbacks. Um, you know, how do you cut $2 billion out of your budget if you're a huge Well, you, you, tell court, you tell the coach that he's taking a sabbatical for the year without pay. <laughs> I mean, you look at Saban making $12 million. Uh, we could cut that in half real fast. Like, I mean, it is top heavy with what the top coaches are being paid. So that's, that's, you know, they can voluntarily, I think it could slide by to me in a year. I think they could change their lifestyle. <laughs> Harbaugh has cut his 20%, but 20% of 8 million, you know, it's like, big Hey, deal. it's better than nothing. Right. But right. you know, they should, coaches should be able to realize, Hey, look, I'm getting all this money. If I'm not coaching this year, I don't know. I dump that back into the athletics program. Right, like if Saban gets it right, he's like, hey, I probably did, since I'm not going to be, if we don't have a season or whatever, like I didn't coach, but I, you know, I did this recruiting, blah, blah, I'll just, I'll be fine with $4 million, right? So we can put $8 million back into athletics. It's so crazy, I mean, right? that's, you have coaches like that yeah. that can be reasonable about how much work that they actually do for whatever their yearly salary is. Uh, in every state, except for one, the highest paid public employee 
is either the head football coach, head basketball coach. <laughs> Only one state. You know which uh, state that is? North Dakota. Nope. California. Hawaii. Hawaii. Oh. Yes. The the actual the head of the hospital system in Hawaii is the highest paid public official. It's nice. the only state. Nice. Little a uh, useless trivia for. Let me throw you up this wild card scenario, just just to throw things out to further mess things up. Let's say they play a five game season. Let's say Nate's right. They get five games. Nate's in. right. Ernest said it. Okay. Okay. Wow. All right. Let's really get five games this. in. All right. Okay. And you've got. Uh, Five super conferences, the five big conferences, okay? SEC, Big 12, Pac-12, uh, Big 10, and the, the ACC. Uh, you only got four slots for the college football championship system if they do that. Let's say five teams go undefeated, and they're only playing each other. So there's no way of judging how good they are against the other conferences, do you expand? Well, that's, what the, that's what the committee is for, right? That's expand the playoffs for once. It's a revenue. It would help bring in some revenue to all the schools. Make it eight for this one time, because it's it's going to be impossible for that committee to say, okay, let's say Clemson goes undefeated, Ohio State goes undefeated, Oregon goes undefeated, uh, Oklahoma goes undefeated, and Alabama goes undefeated. Because they only played within their conferences, how are you going to tell one's better than the other? Does it or really what matter? Athlete, that point? What if a star athlete gets sick? Right yeah, after the committee picks. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's this... why. Yeah, for one, you know, I would say for this one time, go eight games. They Ernest... need the extra revenue. Yeah, what you Sorry, said earlier. More That's more travel, though. That you do make them regional yeah. playoff games, right? Oh, you'd, you'd have to have all the games in one location in some dome somewhere. Then you have to put them in a bubble, and then you have to give them <laughs> eight games, which is what? How many weeks? Well, see, that's the problem with this whole bubble concept because you put them in a bubble for four weeks because you can't yeah. travel, and they have to practice, recover. But the things change when the NBA decided to go the bubble. Florida had the lowest rates. Okay, when they made that decision in the first of June, the governor opened Florida up. Florida had the lowest COVID nineteen rates because it was either going to be Vegas or Orlando. And Disney has ties to ESPN. They thought that'd be natural. So uh, the players all wanted the bubble to be in Vegas because they're who wouldn't want to be in Vegas. Uh, right now, that looks like a disastrous decision. Florida has the highest COVID-19 rates in the country. The, you know, Richard Holmes, who Nate alluded to earlier, plays for the, Sacramento King snuck out twice, twice to meet a fast food delivery and has had to be tested three times for COVID-19. And he's in quarantine for, said. Yeah, well, not the Kings weren't going to go anywhere anyway. Well, they're, no, they're complaining about the food, the quality of the food and the entertainment and everything. Every day, a new player, Westbrook, uh, tested positive yesterday, test positive. I mean, it's you can't make long-term decisions. Now it seems like NBA should have gone to Vegas because Nevada rates are gone to the extent they're opening the casinos back up. It's just this thing you can't predict. We've we've got to get out of the mindset and realize we're we're as a nation living week to week with this. Right. We can't outplan this, even though we've been told it will just go away. It's just not until we have. Once again, a vaccine and a real good treatment. And I'm going to move on to the next subject. 
it's probably almost as controversial as the first one. It's just that type of podcast, folks. We'll try to interject some humor here somewhere, um, like how old Ernest is or how Nate looks without his beard. But the next topic is the Washington would-be or used-to-be Redskins in the NFL. Um, the pressure got too great on Snyder. He saw the dollar figures of his co-owner saying, hey, we got to change this or we're out of here. So he's finally yielding to it. We talked about it in the last podcast about how Ron Rivera, the new head coach, has strong ties to the military. The leading candidate for the new name is Warriors and um, and something to connected to maybe Army Rangers or something like that. So, Ernest, some of the former players for the Redskins say that you know the name wasn't that big of a distraction. Uh, being Washington is more important. Uh, do you still feel it's going to be Warriors? I'm starting to change on that because the NFL came in and said no Native American insignia. And the original, the, when he was going to go to Warriors, was very similar to the Florida State helmet with the, the spear and the feather. Now, they could put a Wounded Warrior sign on there and use that as a fundraising for that, which is a very fine project. Uh, that would be, I don't know, I'm more every day I'm starting to think they're going to just be the Washington football team this year. Uh, if you really wanted to reach out to the former players who surprisingly a large amount of them are not in favor of this name change, if you really wanted to reach the alumni, I would say go with Hogs, which no, was the nickname no, of the offensive no, line. come on, really? That was the nickname of the offensive line in the glory days when they won four Super Bowls. Is it because they pass a lot of pork in Washington? Is that why well, they want to go Well, the nickname of the old offensive line coach yeah. called the old line the Hogs. And Joe Jacoby and Russ Grimm. You're going to make me name the whole no, no, you know, on, 80s on offensive line. On those hot days, they're going to be out there baking. Oh, yes. yes, yes. yes. Nice. I mean, uh, kind of a little like, you know, a wild hog there with the, you know, the tusks no, sticking Ernest, out. That was, you, you know what I felt would have been great? Would have been great. Obviously, this isn't going to happen, but I feel like this would have been great. Uh, one of my other buddies was talking about this. What if you made him the Redskins potatoes, right? You just, you <laughs> made it the Redskins potatoes, and then, like, you, your mascot would be like a spud, you know, like Spuddy the potato. That'd be kind of cool, and you wouldn't have to change everything around. Obviously, the logo would change, but you still have the Redskin kind of name, but you'd yeah. have Redskin potato. Yeah. You, know, you know, the other names, of course, Red Tails, which is uh, alluding Red to wolves, the, heard, which Red Wolves. I heard a great one, but unfortunately, it has a connotation, a bad connotation to it, and that would be the Washington Generals. Oh, because the USFL. No, the Globetrotters. Well, wasn't the, the USFL was, had well, the generals? That was the, have the New the Jersey record. Generals, the New Jersey Generals. Owned by Trump. New Jersey. The, uh, the USFL team was the Washington Federals, which, yeah, that sounds... Why they just be the Washington lobbyists? <laughs> well, the Washington Monuments? Wow. Monuments. But you told me last week, Ernest, Snyder's all about money, and by oh, rebranding yeah. to a, a cool name and new look, he can make a ton of money selling new jerseys and everything like that. But if the spear is out, like a Florida State spear, I still think Warriors is not bad. I really do, because it's proven it's not offensive out in Golden State. It can be a lot of different things, and maybe they, instead of having a, a Native American, they have a just a generic soldier. You know, like Actually, a, the Golden State one, one was where they were with, in Philadelphia. 
they had the same insignia as the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh. It was a profile picture of Amer Native American chief. That's what the Warriors were named after because originally they were the Syracuse Nationals. They moved to Philadelphia. They renamed them the Warriors. They used Native American as a sign. And the first few years in San Francisco, that's what they used as a symbol. And now they've moved to the bridge and they use the iconic uh, imagery of the state of California. But yeah, you go deep enough and the Warriors were using Native Americans for a long time on their uniforms. So, so that's not an obvious question. Why do they have to keep the name red in it? You've mentioned several red names. Why? The color scheme. They want to keep the maroon and gold and keep the red in it. Uh, there's just some allusion to it. I mean, I, I, I have no problem with hogs. I mean, we've got worse names for teams. What about the mud dogs? The mud dogs. Uh, I like mon monuments the more I think of it. I like generals. I mean, how many kids know who the Harlem Globetrotters are anymore? By the way, the Washington Generals, uh, Red Klotz was the coach. They have a record of four and 4,076 losses against the Globetrotters. They actually beat the Globetrotters four times in 50 years. So you're right. It is about the same record. Is as there the, no other record. name from history? Like obviously, New England has the Patriots, but there's no other name they could use from history ah, from you know Washington D.C. Uh, and well, you could say senators, but then again, let's face it: the Q rating for the Congress is below bed lice right now. So I don't know if that's a positive <laughs> sign. Below bed lice. Yeah. Is that like below the belly of a snake? That's it's rates pretty low. Presidents has been used. In the, you look at other teams. Now, if, if we want to go to fiction, you know, you had the movie with Gene Hackman, the replacements, and they were the uh, Sentinel. Washington Sentinels. Huh. Washington you, have Sentinel. get, you have to get Shane Falco to. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So if you had to have one pick, each one of you, what do you think the name's going to be? Nate? I like Red Wolves. I don't know how that. that right. I saw that pop up. I think over the weekend or something. I kind of like that one. That's the name Red of the Wolves. Chattanooga soccer team, Red Wolves. Ernest, what's your one name? I think if they go with Warriors and make it a military motif of some type, that, that probably will work best. I like monuments, but I will go with Warriors because yeah. he has the copy. That's, that's, that's the big thing is copyrights because when this came out, there were trolls who went out and bought up all the copyright names to make a little money. People smarter than the three of us. And they do that when, when names come out. Uh, I know we're about to get the name of our MLS soccer team in Charlotte. And they went a year ago and bought seven different copyright names to come up with the, the name for the soccer franchise. Mm. So it's, it's money. I'd say it. It all Don O'Meyer, the great sports guru of NBC and Monday Night Football, used to say it all comes down to money, because that's the reason why Snyder's changing it. FedEx and Fred Smith, who owns that FedEx, said we're going to pull our name or we're going to pull our money mm -hmm. unless you change the name. The name's been offensive for years, so you know, ironically, you know what the Redskins' original name was? Bluskins, Braves. Braves. They were the Boston Braves. And the Atlanta Braves announced they're not changing their name. So getting to the culture part of our podcast here, we'll move away from the Redskins, whatever they're going to be in the future. Um, 
One, another area that's really been affected besides sports is the whole entertainment industry, especially movies. Uh, my wife and I were talking the other day. It was really hot outside in the 90s, humid day, and it was like the afternoon. And she says, oh, I wish we could go to a movie theater where it's nice and cool and you get nice popcorn and your favorite drink and you watch the movie and just sort of get lost in the movie. And I started thinking of the movies we're not seeing right now. I could think of two summer blockbusters or sort of summer blockbusters and Ernest or Nate maybe you can tell me what you've missed not seeing or you were looking forward to one was Wonder Woman 1984 which was supposed to be uh, sort of a throwback with the whole uh, you know Stranger Things has done it on TV why not have it on Wonder Woman go back in time and uh, rekindle her romance and the other one was the new James Bond uh, movie was it No Time to Die I think was the yes. title those two movies I really wanted to see, and it's been a bummer. And I'm wondering, like, how many of our movie theaters are going to reopen? I just saw a preview of the new Tom Hanks Greyhound movie, and my son sent me a link to the podcast. I think his name is Carlin, the guy who hosts it, like Hardcore History or something. And I tell you, Ernest, Tom Hanks came on to that podcast, and he was totally air dominant. Carlin, Dan Carlin asked him two questions, and he talked straight for 30 minutes about this great World War II movie that he helped write. So, uh, Ernest, I go with you, give Nate a little more time to think about what movies he's missed besides Trolls 2. Um, but, uh, trolls 2. Troll, you got kids. You like Trolls, right? Ernest, what movie have you missed not seeing in the movie theaters? Oh, Tenet. I have been so psyched. I love Christopher Nolan. I like everything ever since Memento, the Dark Knight trilogy, Inception, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, John David Washington uh, stars in it, and Robert Patterson, who's the new Batman. And of course, you, you've got to have Michael, Michael Caine in it also. And it's, it's, again, it's based on reversal of time and all life and he just does great movies that you really don't know what you're going to see when you go to see it and i've been so psyched they pushed it to august and the bond movie because as, as we know this is the last one with the current bond and it's, it's been alluded to that extent but i, I you're right I, I wonder i know drive-ins are still doing fairly good business but now you realize this is not just affecting movies because of COVID-19, you're not going to see a lot of new TV shows. Uh, everything's that, delayed. Yeah, yeah, everything's delayed. You know, uh, CW is actually bringing shows that were on the DC network, Swamp Thing and Batman. And, I mean, uh, Superman and Lois Lane. They're, they're bringing old series that were on very, very, very networks that weren't viewed that much and just showing series from two years ago. So you're not going to have new episodes of your TV shows or CSI and all those shows or NCIS and all those things. They're going to show reruns because they can't film right now. Yeah. I mean, they could do it with closed sets, but I mean, you can't make episodes with just like two play, you know, two people. Well, you can do like, you, you know, can't. Parks and Recreation did it. I know that 30 Rock is doing a COVID-19 where everybody's, behind a white background and they you know, talk. You know what could still do it is animated series because the, they can just bring in people individually for the voices and voice. So, and then you have a sound editor that puts them on top of. And the animation is all done in Korea and South Korea pretty much is COVID free right now. Yeah. So you they're, might they're see, maybe to... see a lot more animation 
you, you're, you're going to actually see fans in the stands for the KBO baseball game starting next week. They're letting fans back in. Oh, wow. I, I, I kind of, I, I kind of liked having seen the, uh, what is it? The stuffed animals behind stuffed the animals. The, the, that was great. I like that. That was SpongeBob. funny. Um, but Paul, to answer your question, I, I think, I guess with the movies and things like that, I mean, obviously we have small kids. We haven't, we kind of started to go to movies this year. Um, well, I guess in the fall, um, was the first time we kind of all went together. My son just won't sit still for more than 10 minutes. Uh, but my daughter was really good. So we kind of just started getting into it. But we haven't really gone to much in the movie theaters because we have kids. It's the way it goes. But I think James Bond was probably the one I was most excited to see. Um, but I don't know if they're going to release it online or something. You can just pay like 20 bucks and watch it at home or um, what they're going to do there. But yeah, the drive-ins are kind of a cool idea. We've kind of talked um, this nonprofit I work at. We've got like 40 acres. We've talked about getting some, you know, those blow-up uh, movie screens and doing some movies in the in the field. And everybody, you have to sit. You know, everybody's towels have to be six feet apart or whatnot. Um, so you can kind of do like a sit-in movie like that. But you know, we're not going to get brand new movies. We're going to have you know classics or something like that we can watch, which is something. But it's not definitely not the same thing. But um, and of course, then it rains. Then you you, you got to cancel it, or kind of thing. But right. you know what's fascinating is a lot of these streaming services are snatching up because they're all popping up. Peacock starts tomorrow. That's the new NBC free streaming service. You got HBO Max now. But uh, the Tom Hanks movie you're talking about, Paul, uh, Apple TV right. actually snatched that up. So right. you didn't have to pay for like you did Invisible Man and, and some of the other movies that that didn't make it to the theaters. I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to see, I know the old guard, uh, 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 Netflix snatched it up yeah. and they're showing it. That was going to be a summer tentpole type of movie. I'm wondering if because of the competition with these new streaming services, mm -hmm. a lot of movies that we used to go to the theater that you're just going to stream for relatively no extra cost. Well, I, before we get to our final takes, I'll tell you my guilty pleasure lately on TV is something recommended by my buddies at work because, you know, we work in healthcare and it's felt like survival. And I kept on hearing them talking about Naked and Afraid. I'm thinking, no, you're not watching that. And I said, they said, yeah, we love it. We love it. And I said, you know, give me Bear Grylls. Give me Survivor Man. But I end up watching it and it is gross at times it's strange at times it's con contrived at times but then i end up watching it and my wife came home and she caught me watching I went, oh i'm not watching this <laughs> then i had to admit you only see the rear end that's all you see and they asked i did some research they asked the producers if any of these people got romantic and they said come on they're out in the wilderness they're being stung by bugs all the time they're hungry. They don't smell good. Uh, romance is the last thing. Um, hey, you're, Paul, sometimes mind. some of those guys get cocky. It's just the way it is. Let me kill this. Let's put the end of that type of well, let me Let me kill it for you. It's, not, it's, all, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Oh, uh, my gosh. I have a friend of mine who works in the prison system here in North Carolina. And, <laughs> and Wait, where are we going with this? Worse, that is their porn. That is, since they get they get basic standard cable vision. They trade time to be able to watch the number one show they watch is Naked and Afraid. Just to see some butts. Yes. 
I'm not sports. Of course, this was before sports. He said, you would not believe the guys who trade contraband to be able to sit on the front row to watch Naked and Afraid in a prison. Wow. Uh, okay. Well, let's segue from that. Uh, let's talk about our last <laughs> final takes. And um, just to hope everybody out there is having a great summer. Uh, my wife and I got away this last weekend and went swimming. And um, we were tempted just to stay at our trailer and just be lazy. And I said, no, no, you got to enjoy it, every bit of this. So even though we can't go out and go to sports and we might not have football, man, it's still pretty nice out by a nice lake or river, eating a hot dog or a hamburger. So um, uh, I tell you, get off your butts and get out there and enjoy nature. That's my final take. Ernest, your final take? Uh, I got a nice chance to take a vacation. We went to the Outer Banks of North Carolina. I got to go over where the Lost Colony disappeared, a lot of historical area. We went over to this old island called Okacrook that you have to ride a ferry. It takes an hour to get over there. And everyone speaks in an old English accent. Uh, and it was devastated by a hurricane. And the streets and the roads, the people were, were really nice, but it was just a, a rare experience. And again, I got away from an area that, uh, back in March, they closed off all the bridges and kept everyone away. And COVID is something they don't even deal with there. But it was it was nice to be able to stare in the ocean and and think of pirates and Civil War battleships and all these things and the history. And it's a fascinating area where you drive and the beach is five feet to your left and the bay is five feet to your right and you can't see land anywhere around. It's just beautiful with sand dunes uh, 200 feet high it's it's and of course i always go by where the wright brothers flew their plane for the first time it's just it was nice as you said to get away and uh, i love this area it's very unspoiled beaches. outer banks right of north carolina. outer banks yeah north carolina very out one of the few areas that it's part of a national coastline and it you can drive 50 miles and not see another person or another car. It's it's truly uh, some isolated areas and in, in, in beauty in nature, and I appreciate it. So get out. There's you know you can't go to Europe, can't go to Mexico, can't go to Japan, can't go to Canada, but you, there's this country still has some beautiful things to see. And that's brought to you by the Tourism Bureau of yes. the United States. All right, Nate, your final out. take. Um, I got something kind of positive to say here. Uh, a good buddy of mine. He went. To, I went to high school with. He played in the um, quali amateur qualifying in New Jersey, and he won the qualifying tournament. It was Quail Brook. He shot a, a four-under. So anyway, he is now going to be in the New Jersey State Amateur Open. So wow. he's in the amateur championship in August. Um, so I think he he's uh, he's one of our listeners. What's I looked his it name? up from when I was hey, hey, hey. name. I will say it. His name is Chris Payman. So if you are Go Chris. able to come out to – the open, I forgot where it's at, but it's somewhere in the state. Um, he asked me today, actually, if I would be his caddy, so I'm kind of excited to do that. But um, very excited for him. That's that's really kind of a cool deal for him. But he, he didn't just qualify. He won the qualifying tournament, so that's pretty exciting. Nice. He had what's called an albatross on a par five, which is a double eagle, um, which is kind of cool. He was telling me he hit his first shot on the par five, and he hit the cart path. And then he nailed the shot from 155 yards. Nice. So two yeah. shots on R5 in a tournament like this, that's pretty impressive. So um, he could probably play two rounds and still a better score than my first round. So he's 
pretty awesome. He played in our high school golf team in Scottsdale too. So anyway, Chris, good job. I'm looking forward to caddying for you, but kudos to you for your uh, winning the qualifying tournament there. You wow. know, if you're caddying in Jersey, if you see some guys with a long black bag, <laughs> uh, just ignore them. Don't ask any questions. Look the other way. It's normal for Jersey, okay? Yes. Oh, yeah. There goes all our I'm listeners sure, from I'm Jersey. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. They're all yes, gone all of our Jersey I, sure I, I just don't want to screw up as a caddy, right? I make sure I do everything right. I have to make sure I don't say any jokes. I don't want to mess up his, oh, come on. You know, his, his focus or anything. So Yeah. You know, you know, uh, Caddies can disqualify a golfer in a competitive situation. Hey, don't Not put the pressure, pressure on him, man. Gee whiz. No, I've, I've got most of the golf etiquette down, but you okay. know, I'm still going to research it a little bit just to make sure. Yeah, but. you'll be fine. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, that's it for Pardon the Confusion this week. We did our best job to confuse you. No, actually to bring clarity. I thought we did a pretty good job talking about where pro sports is now and our what we think the priority should be. And don't be fooled folks we want to have pro sports back we want college sports back we want it all our wives want us to be happier too so they want it back too. so for, for nate moyer for ernest watts email me paul arnold at gobluearnold at gmail.com tell us what you think tell us what we should talk about tell us off it doesn't matter we're still here and so have a good night <laughs>